I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Away for another Vaughan boundary. <laughs> well, he's a great fieldsman. Philip Tuffner, he often falls over and he's brought it into his batting as well. Hello everyone and welcome to the Vaughney and Tuffers Cricket Club podcast brought to you by The Telegraph. My name is Ben Wright and I will be joined as usual by Michael Vaughan and Phil Tufnell. For the first time in the history of this podcast, which admittedly is only seven weeks old, we will have to discuss some England losses. After a thrilling month with the Red Bull, England's one-day cricketers have brought us back down to earth somewhat. After suffering defeat in the T20 series with India, Joss Butler's side were then marmalised by the same opponents in Tuesday's One Day International. We'll dissect both defeats and ask if they were simply blips or if changes are needed ahead of the second ODI on Thursday and more importantly before the T20 World Cup which gets underway in Australia in less than 100 days. Our guest today is the legendary India bowler Ravi Ashwin. Michael and I caught up with him during the last Test match to get his take on the new era for English cricket, the future of the One Day formats and how the sport should go about developing new spin bowlers. And as always, we'll be delving into the mailbag and looking at the wider world of cricket, including an incredible fake IPL setup to con gamblers in Russia. Before we get started, cop a load of this. Oh, 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 look at that. For the the tape, uh, the suspect is donning a rather rather fetching red and blue Vaughnian Tuffers Cricket Club. Cricket cap, and it's quite a, a baggy number. It's it's yes, quite it's, big. It's quite yes. roomy, chaps. I think you could probably see that. Well, it look it looks the kind of cap that you could use. It could be used as a cap, but also you know to to keep the tea warm in the <laughs> in the old pot. Yes, yeah, you, yeah. It? You could probably keep rather a large pot of tea warm. With yes. It. Will yeah. that fit? Will that fit everyone? Because I reckon it will. Because you have got a massive melon. <laughs> <laughs> well spotted phil you're absolutely right i have got i have got a huge swede uh, and I fit, I was, i've been working on the principle if the cap fits me it will fit everybody else and just out 99% of, interest, of the population ben, are all the are all the caps the same size it, it, they're the one size fits all well, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say they're going to fit all, but I would say that you, th- they'll be great at the Look. cricket because you'd be able to wear it. And if you want a nap in the afternoon, you didn't pull it out. You, you, it could be your whole head. Yeah. Well, also, if you're at a televised match and you pop that on, you're going to be spotted in the crowd. I think. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, red and blue. They're nice. I like those. Yeah. That. 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 Yeah. That. They're nice. You, you could also, you could probably put your Pat Lunt in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, Just I pop it in under, put, like Paddington Bear, keep a marmalade sandwich under I it. think you could put anything in there. <laughs> yeah, You've yeah, gone for the baggy green style, Ben. You went for the baggy green style. They are baggy. I did, yeah, you, I had to choose between the, the sort of Australian baggy style and the traditional English. Well, they're beauties, mate. Well done. Well, they are whoppers. We should talk about cricket for a little bit. Oh. Um, Hasn't been great, has it? Uh, we come down, come down with a bit of a bump, haven't we? 
Yeah. Uh, why why can't England be good at test and limited overs cricket at the same time? <laughs> it seems to be either or. Well, they well I, I, I think if you had, if you had to look at it, Ben, Phil, um, you know, for so long, you know, the, 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 the traditionalists, the cynics have been saying, oh, we don't cool. play enough four-day cricket in the heart of the summer. <laughs> oh, that's why the test team are so poor. Oh, guess what? We're not playing enough white ball cricket in the heart of the summer. <laughs> Too much four-day cricket going on when the sun's shining, Phil. I know. It's Alice in Wonderland. We're through the we're through the looking glass. We can't seem to reset both forms of the game, white ball and red ball, at the same time. It's either one or the other, isn't it? It's all in and all out. It was a, it was a bit of a shambles yesterday, I must admit. Um, yeah, wicket, so this was the, the this was the ODI against India. Yeah, uh, yeah. we were we were England was skittled for 110, and yeah. then uh, India knocked them off without losing a wicket. So and I think it was about wickets. you know it was 100 quid a ticket, and it was done by about well, it was done by half four, wasn't it? Four o'clock. We yeah, well never... there was there was some there were some people on social media sort of questioning whether there would be a refund because if you only get 30 overs, yeah, I think it's 30 overs. You get yeah. half, you get half half the. Well, I, the I, I made my. I made my choose to golf medal. I, I, I was covering the game at home for Crick Buzz in India, and I, I was due to finish at 10 o'clock at night. I, I made the 540 medal. I shot 75. I played very nicely, just relaxed, just arrived on the tee and relaxed and played. Yeah. So I, I applauding them for the way that they played yesterday. It got me a medal round. Um, I, I, I think the white ball team are, are exceptional in terms of the talent and the power that they have, particularly with the batting hand. And, and I know the team have just been bowled out for nothing at the over, but I do have concerns about the bowling in white ball cricket across T20 and 50 overs. I, I just think without Joffrey Archer, without Mark Wood, I know Adil Rashid's not there at the minute, but those three bowlers in particular, I think Huge. a point of different bowlers. Yeah. Without those three, I, I just think the attack looks like, oh, the batting lineup's going to have to get so many more runs. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Richard Richard Gleeson and, sorry, Richard Gleeson and Reese. Uh, Topley were quite impressive in the in the T20. Yeah, yeah. But you get the feeling there'll be a lot of weight on Chris Jordan's shoulders if, if uh, as you say, Mark Wood doesn't get fit. Yeah, I mean, Jordan's been exceptional in these games, but, you know, up until this series, he's, he's struggled. I, I like the fact he's, he's gone away from the Yorker. He's not just reliant on a Yorker. He's got different variations. Um, you know, there's a few problem areas. Jason Roy at the top of the order. Yeah. You know, it needs some runs. You know, there's the likes of Phil Salt waiting in the wings. Um, as I said, the batting lineup doesn't worry me. It's almost how they're going to fit everyone in in terms of the right combinations at the right time against the, the different bowlers. But um, the white ball team have just got to be careful that we've given them so much praise, understandably. They've been exceptional. The, obviously, the World Cup winners from 2019. But this next year and a half, I heard the commentary yesterday saying that uh, Rob Keyes said he's purely focusing on Red Bull and the, and the Test Match team. I'm not too sure he will be. You know, they've just appointed Matthew Mott, who's an expertise um, in white ball coaching. You've got Josh Butler, the best white ball player in the world, as the captain. They're not just focusing on, on Test Match cricket. They, they should be good enough. English cricket now should be good enough. Um, Phil, you said at the start, it's almost like we, we, we always need a reset of one brand or one format. They should be good enough to be able to continue their, their, their white ball kind of standards over the next year and a half to make sure that they arrive in Australia and then India for their 50-over World Cup as near on. I wouldn't say they're going to be favourites, but they're going to be one of the teams that you're going to look for to win the World Cups. Uh, Mike, do you think, you know, obviously Owen Morgan is standing down, there is a little bit of disruption in that dressing room. Do you think that's created sort of a, a, a little bit of chaos in there or or not really? 
Uh, well, well, you'd have to say, I'm not too sure it has, uh, but from the outside, it, it will feel like it has, if you know what I mean. I mean, you know, Owen Morgan's not played every game for the last few years and no. England have just managed to to get on and play the same style of cricket. Uh, I, I thought the one day at the Oval was, you know, a big toss. You know, the ball did yeah. swing around in the afternoon. So I'm not, I'm not even going to look at, at, at that game because that's very much like an English one day from back in our day, Phil, when a team would win the toss and it yeah. does all sorts in the morning session or in the first session of the game and, you know, you, you're chasing a low score easily in the afternoon. Um, the T20s were the, were the worry for me. Um, I know they won the last game, but the first two, you look at that last game, no Bumrah, no Bumaneshwa, no, uh, no Chahal. In, in, India kind of rotated their team for the last game. Uh, and that's the next big thing for, for England in white ball kick, cricket is that T20 World Cup in a few months' time. And it's... You know, it's what's important in English cricket, and we know more than anyone, Phil, is that you can't take your eye off the ball. No. You can't suddenly just relax and think, oh, we've got this talented squad. Mm. You know, we've got all the kind of right tools to be very competitive. You know, you can't just rock up and play. You know, on this aggressive style of white ball cricket, which England play, it, it, it's great. But, I, I, you know, the, the rest of the world now know exactly what they're going to do. Yeah. You know, it's almost as if, right, they know exactly the style that they're going to play. And if the ball moves around and you're playing that aggressive nature, well, there's a chance that you might get bowled out. And I think and I think India have had a little reset, haven't they, as well? Ooh, yes. Yes, they seem to have just upped their game a little bit and sort of just become more aggressive as well, haven't they? Especially with the bat in hand. They're not looking to sort of get themselves in there going from ball one as well now, aren't they? Well, I, I think India, if you look, you know, they won the World Cup in... 2011, they haven't really got close. They got close to a champions trophy uh, in the UK. I think that was oh, 2015, maybe. But, you know, with all their talent uh, yeah. and all of their players being yeah. prominent IPL players, they, they, should, they should be right up there. Yeah. They should they should blow teams away. Yeah. You know, with that bowling, you look at that bowling tell what they've got. They've, they've got pretty much three spinners in most teams. They've got Bumrah, Shami. Yeah. You know, real high-class bowlers. Um, you know, it's the batting. And, and I think what they've done with Rahul Dravin and, and Rohit Sharma, I think they are going to play a bit more like the aggressive way. I don't think they'll play as aggressive as England, but I think they're going to play a bit more aggressively than we've seen over the last few years. So they are a massive threat. Yeah. I mean, you, t- you talked about the conditions being good uh, at the Oval, but yeah. the the Indian bowlers were getting it to move around in the T20 as it, well. They seem to be able to make that white ball tour. Well, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're very skillful bowlers. And it was, it just had that Oval pitch yesterday, it just had that rock-hard feel to it with just a lovely little sort of cover in a green grass and it was carrying through. And when you, when you lose... Your, your main guns three or four early on and what were they 26 for four or something like that it is a long way back you know what I mean they could have perhaps tried to soak up that bit of pressure but that's not the way this England side play they decided to keep on going for it but it was high class bowling it really was on a helpful pitch slightly overcast conditions as well it was gorgeous to bowl on so yeah I'm, I'm with Mike there that you've got to perhaps just sort of suck that one up a little bit but um you still, I mean, he's the best in the he's the best in the world, Jasper Bumrah by a. Absolutely. It's not even a country mile; it, no. it, it, it's in a global all, in all formats, mile. right? Oh, by by a mile, he's the best. Yeah, 
He's incredible what he can deliver. He can swing the ball. He can seam the ball. He's got pace. He's got Yorkers. He's got the, the best slower ball, that, that kind of dipping off cutter that he bowls. He's cricket smart. He watches the batters. So even just like the David Willey dismissal, he watches and watches. You see Willey moving over to the offside of player. He just fires it into leg stump. He's a, he's a brilliant bowler. When you think like Bubba Neshwa didn't play either, you know, yeah. a swing bowler in those conditions. Yeah. Um, Phil, I, I felt sorry for you because I know you were at, at the ground um, in, in hospitality and England's performance, <laughs> it cut into your day out. It did. It was the one day, Mike, that I decided to pace myself because I thought I was going to be in for a long day. And then by about half past two, I was just chugging them back, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, I'm running out of time. Free ale, and, and, and you, you, the game's not lasting long. Come on! <laughs> I got did they at least keep the bar open after the game. Well, they did for an hour, but it wasn't long enough. It wasn't long enough, and I was very so disappointed. You didn't really get your money's worth. I was sat in for a big sesh. I was looking for a long period of time, <laughs> and it just got condensed and condensed and dead. Speed drinking came into it. I'm afraid. <sighs> Yeah, well, I'm, I'm I'm going to Lords tomorrow, so I'm uh, get there early. Worried, we're going to have a yeah. I'm going to start get there early and start drinking early. <laughs> Fast out the traps. Yeah, you've got to be. You can't, don't start with a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> coffee and bacon roll straight in. You got to go straight in. No, but straight uh, into the shots. It, it, straight into the shots. It was <laughs> it was it was a bit disappointed actually because I mean there was a wonderful crowd there. Everyone was sort yeah. of right up for it and really really enthusiastic about as you say off the back of this Test match cricket and everything. And yeah, listen, it's it's it's, it's the way cricket is, isn't it? You do come down to a bump, and that Indian team, that-, that Indian team's high class. <laughs> I'd say, and and let's be honest, the Indian team are that good that our guest this week, Ravi Ashwin, is not even there. I know, I know. He's not even there. And he is up there with the great spinners. Yeah. Cam Bat, got a good, safe pair of hands. Yeah. And he's not even in the squad. He's been sent home for a bit of a breather before the West Indies series. Yeah, yeah he, sh- he should have been in the test side, though, shouldn't he? I mean, they, well, they, 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 they missed a trick there. I reckon they. I reckon with Ashwin at, um, at Edge Bast in India win, uh, and I, I was surprised that India didn't do their research or look at the New Zealand series uh, kind of closely because what happened in the New Zealand series was the ball did something for thirty-five overs. Yeah. So basically, you need three seamers yeah. to bowl your thirty-five overs, and then from thirty-five to eighty, you're rotating one of your seamers from one end, and then Jadeja and Ashwin would have done that work yeah. between themselves to kind of hold an end. And Ashwin's. You know, he's up there with the great spin oh, bowlers. 400 wickets. You, know, you name great spin bowlers. Murray Litherin, he'd play here. Shane Warne, he'd play here. Harbajan, Cumbley would play in England. Yeah. Yeah, Ashwin against England, and you look at his record against England, and with all these little tricks and kind of just nuances of change that he just brings to every pitch and every batter that he bowls to. Um, yeah, I would say that Ashwin in the side at Edge Baston, yeah. I would pretty much guarantee they would have been probably chasing more than 378. So yeah. I think he'd have got a few runs and ended up holding them out a bit cheaper in the first innings. Yeah. Um, and I would say it might have made a big, big difference in terms of the result. Well, I think it would have made a big difference in, with his bowling just because of that little bit of mystery. You can't keep coming yep. down and whacking, 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 going at seven over. You can't go, You can't take Ashwin for seven and over. You can't do that when you're on the charge just because of that mystery and because of the skill and the craft that he's got. Okay, Jadeja is a bit... 
one-trick pony. Listen, fabulous bowler, but he's just he's mm. just got that sort of little changes of pace and perhaps the odd arm ball and what have you. But Ashwin's got a lot more in the locker. I think you're right. Mm. I think Ashwin plays there. We struggle at uh, Edgbaston. And he's just, he hasn't played it. I've, I keep seeing him warming up, Ashwin, every time he comes to England. He's just on a holiday. He never plays. <laughs> he never yeah. plays. He didn't play yeah. last time when they were over here. He doesn't play in the one-dayers. He doesn't play mm. in, the, in that. You can't get, you can understand, Phil, like last year when the series was was in you know in its kind of full stretch, um, the balls last year were doing so much more and the pitches were doing so much more and it, and it did it for like 60, 70 overs. So you kind of get four seamers required. But this year, yeah. Yeah. with these Duke balls that are like blancmange, yeah. the, the ball's been doing nothing after 35 overs. So yeah. you need craft, you need spin or you need express pace. Yeah. Uh, you don't need your four seamers after 35. So... Uh, yeah, and we said it at the time. I just thought India got the selection wrong, but Ashwin should be playing against every single team in all conditions. Is that good? Yeah, but I haven't had a blamange in ages. No, I haven't. I don't know where I got that word from. And, and you know what? I hate them as well. I used to hate them. They go everywhere, don't they? They end up, they end up down your pants. It's, what? <laughs> it's like well, a you know what I mean. Slatted on your pants, not actually in your pants. Okay, okay. Right, sorry. Good to clarify your pants, that. Your, your pants might end up like Blamange after you've had your Blamange, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Blamange is a funny thing, baby. isn't it? It's a good word, though, Blamange. Yeah, it's a great, great word. <laughs> Talk, talking about the strength of the Indian side, Virat Kohli, is he going to get into the, the strongest Ooh. T20 side for the World Cup? I think, I think he's under a bit. I, 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 listen, Virat Kohli is a wonderful, wonderful batsman. You know what I mean? He's yeah. up there with the best in the world. But no dispute, but he's out of form. We've got 99 days or something like that. Exactly, but even the best in the world come under a bit of pressure sometimes, don't they? And, you know, you can't just keep walking around saying, you know, I'm Virat Kohli or I'm this, I'm this fantastic <laughs> player. You've actually got to go out there and get some runs and prove mm. that sometimes. Otherwise, the pressure comes on. And as we know... Indian press and they have such high standards of their of their legends and their you know their their idols and what have you that he will be feeling a little bit of pressure, don't you think, Mike? He needs runs. Yes, you know, it's twenty cricket. You know, it, it's not a case of you know the name. It's about strike rate. It's about the here yeah. and now. It's about the T Twenty World Cup in a few months' time. Yeah. You look at their batting lineup. Rohit Sharma plays. Ooh. KL Rahul. He plays. He comes in. Yeah. Surikumar Yadav has to play. Rishabh Pant for me has to play. Hardik Pandya. So there's five players. Yeah. You know, then you've got Jadeja and then you've got Dennis Kartik because he's the finisher at seventh. Virat Kohli, you know, Shreyas Iyer, yeah. wonderful player. Ishan Kishan, wonderful yeah. player. You know, so Virat Kohli, the next series that he plays in, um, you know, he's missing the West Indies tour. You know, he's going to be under pressure to to score and score quickly. It's not about, you know, him getting 100 or an 80 and he's striking at 120. He's got to strike at over 150. That's the year of T20 cricket. Um, so India will, will, will obviously give him a chance and hope to see him back in the form that we know he could produce. But um, I, I get a feeling that Raul Dravid wouldn't be scared of saying, sorry, you're not in our best 11 at the minute. I'm, I'm sure he'll make the World Cup, but... I don't think Raul Dravid will be scared of saying, I'm sorry, just at this minute, you're not in our in our best yeah. T20 11. 50 yeah. over cricket is a different proposition. Yeah. He's got more time and he's just a wonderful player. But in T20, look at England. They don't play Joe Root. Look at Australia. You could say that they're a better team when Steve Smith's not there. Yeah. Um, you know, Kane Williamson's style of play now in T20 cricket. You saw it in the IPL. He struggled. 
those kind of players that they might be just getting overtaken by this powerful new generation. You know, the powerhouses that come out now and strike it easily at 150. Um, I, I know the style of player I would want in T20 cricket now. Yeah. Someone like uh, Turiya Kumar Yadav. I mean, you you mentioned him. That that <laughs> innings not. at Trent Bridge was something else. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There, was, there were shots there. I mean, they, some of the England players were saying there were shots there that they hadn't seen before. He had good follow throughs, didn't he? he? Had a couple of really good follow throughs, wasn't he? Sort of like what? Well, he had some blamange. <laughs> we, <laughs> no, but some of his shots, yeah, he was impressive. Some and listen, as you say, Joe Root, Joe Root, one of the best bat, well, the best batsman in the world, as you say, he don't get into the T Twenty. So I don't necessarily know. I know this sounds, you know, a bit weird. You know what I mean? But I don't necessarily know whether. Virat Kohli's game is particularly suited to T20 a bit. In actual no... fact, Phil, yeah. you, and, and I'll probably get shocked for saying this, yes. his, test, his test game and his 50-over game might come back quicker yeah. if he actually stood aside a little bit from some of the T20. He'll play in the IPL, it's just such a big money on him, you can understand yeah. that, yeah. but it's not the worst thing in the world for Indian cricket if Virat Kohli's not playing in their T20 yeah. team. I think it might prolong his test match career by another couple of years. Yeah, no, I mean, he hasn't got the ramps or the, you know, or the scoops and everything, really. He's a, he's a, he's a mm. classical type of player. And with these, as you say, with the with the depth that they've got, India, of T20 absolute world beaters, it's going to be interesting to see. So it's a real treat to be joined today by Ravi Ashwin, uh, currently second in both the Test Bowler and All-Rounder rankings, I believe. Um, earlier this year, he surpassed Kapil Dev to become India's second highest wicket-taker in Test history. Um, I think you've had COVID recently, so I hope you're uh, fully recovered. Thank you for taking the time to chat with us. Um, obviously, you didn't play in the Test at Edgbaston, but what did you make of the match? It's been uh a fascinating and I think it's be uh, sort of bringing the test crowds back sort of interest back into the game uh, if if I mean if anything is to go by of what England's done at home in the last couple of years and the way Nasser, Michael, everybody have been talking about English cricket I've been following all of it uh, it, it was it was amazing to watch uh, and as but as a bowler uh, it's quite scary to think where the game's headed uh, really because uh, entertainment's definitely a part of the game but uh, so and so, you've got the T20 format, the one-day format. The one-day format used to be a format where uh, the bowlers had a kind of had a bit of a say, uh, but it's be- pretty much become an extension of T20 sports. Uh, as a bowler and a lover of the game, I wouldn't really um, think this is any precursor for what's to come in front. Uh, uh, but it was fascinating to watch. Uh, Ash uh, Vorni here. Uh, welcome to, uh, and you are now our second spinner in the uh, Vorni and Suffers Cricket Club podcast. Uh, we, are, we are a team. Uh, we don't play many matches. Well, actually, we don't play any matches, but yeah, you're part of the team. You and Phil Tufnell are our spin twins now. Um, do you think the result would have been the same if you hadn't played? <laughs> Look, I think... I think it's it's all hindsight, right, uh, Michael? We don't we don't really know what would have happened in the game, but definitely um, uh, as as a spinner and someone who takes pride in my performance, I would I would have loved to think that uh, I could have made a difference. But uh, I, I certainly believe, having played a lot of T Twenty cricket, franchisee cricket, uh, uh, hindsight really doesn't uh, make for anything in the game. But I would love to play, uh, love to have played. I've not played a single Test in the England Test series uh, this summer uh, and the last summer together. It's a very weird and a different Test series. Um, 
but i thought as as a, as a team uh, the combination that we went in with 4-1 and the way jadeja batted uh, all all, the, all of those stuff uh, really couldn't get me a gig in but i would have loved loved to have think that i would have made a difference um, but having said that credit to england for the way they played and 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 now you've actually witnessed this england side playing this fashion for, i know you watched the new zealand series but now you've actually seen it firsthand if india were playing uh, england in another test match next week so it's a continuous series. What would India do differently next week that they didn't do this week? Oof, that's that's quite a tough question, right, Michael? I mean, uh, get, getting uh, getting it getting into the game, we knew that England were playing a different brand of cricket. Uh, but again, uh, conditions in England and the kind of pitches that we might be uh, faced with, I, I definitely do believe the ball and the pitches are having a role to play with uh, the way England are playing too permitting a certain brand of cricket you can't uh, the pitches that we played on when we came last summer uh, weren't the same uh, if you had to like throw uh, throw the throw the kitchen sink at it it wouldn't it probably would be flying backwards uh, so it's kind of it's kind of you know even the balls were swinging a lot more uh, i think this batch of balls we've had so many change of balls in this particular test match as well so uh, everything put together plays a role uh, but going into the next match i think um, a little bit more awareness and discipline around what england might bring out uh, the third and the fourth innings aren't going to be aren't, aren't going to be the easiest for the bowlers. So a little bit more preparation around that. Uh, whatever said and done, cricket is a game of you know trying to evolve with every experience that you have and every condition that you face. So uh, having been here, having done it, having faced it, I think uh, learning learning and getting better for the next week would be the best way to go. I think. And I know you said it was uh, worrying as a bowler seeing this sort of aggressive brand of Test cricket. But I wonder whether you think there might be more opportunity for spinners. Because obviously with T20, when that first started out, the assumption was that spinners would be cannon fodder. As it turned out, a bit of pace off was was a, was a good tactic. And we've now got bowlers obviously opening, bowling at the death. Do you think there might be more of a role for Test spinners um, if there is this kind of brand of cricket? Look, I think we we need to be careful uh, talking about this brand of cricket being being uh, being the so sort of uh, way forward because I think uh, at the end, whatever said and done, Test cricket has been the same for hundred years, and you will get these sort of uh, series and games that that are, that get played now and then. Um, but still, Test cricket, you will have to hit top of off as a bowler. You will have to bowl those balls on proper length. You will have to respect the conditions. Even for that matter, the way Johnny Bairstow batted in the first innings and the second innings was very different. You know, uh, the game was on the line, 109 for three. He came in innings number two. He still, you know, played tight, played close to his body, which he did even in the first innings. I thought he earned his right to be able to, um, you know, go after the bowling on uh, day three morning, if I'm not wrong. And uh, the way he batted in uh, the innings, innings four was also very different. Yes, he took his opportunities. There were a few shots that he played, but I thought he earned his right. So... Uh, I, I, I would say uh, it's a brand of cricket that England are playing right now. Uh, they're enjoying themselves. They love the freedom that uh, probably that they have in the dressing room. There's a lot of talk about uh, joy coming back into the dressing room. and It is a very, very important component of cricket. You, the moment uh, you have a lot of joy, you have fun. The reason we all play the game is because we had a lot of fun when we were kids and we loved it. And uh, mm-hmm. to bring it back is amazing. And I thought... Uh, that's that's one thing that I keep hearing again and again, and that freedom uh, will definitely go a long way in promoting a very um, very aggressive brand of cricket. Um, but I really do hope the sanctity of Test cricket in terms of the balance between ball and bat is maintained, and I'm sure it is. It is only a you know a circle, as I say, it just keeps going up and down. But uh, 
look, test cricket has remained the same way 100 years. I hope it remains the same for a while. It's, Rav, do, do, do you think um, this brand of cricket is sustainable or is it just a, a little window that we're going there? I mean, we, 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 we're test cricket traditionalists, you know, you talk about the, the 100 years and, and, and beyond, but is this little craze that England are kind of taking on, will it be a craze that, you know, you go to Pakistan, England go to Pakistan at the end of the year, do you see this style of cricket working in all conditions or is it just in these conditions that they're finding themselves in at the minute? It's It's... It's it's a very debatable question. At the same time, it's a very interesting question. I I was as I was watching England back in the first innings, and I was, they were like some hundred for five or one thirty for six or something. I was just questioning myself. Uh, they found themselves at the same situation in Leeds against New Zealand, and they counter punched with uh, Johnny Bairstow. Uh, he had a good ally in uh, Jamie Overton. I was thinking, would it be some sort of a recovery like that? Would they be able to manage that? Because you talk about 40-over mark in England with the Dukes ball, right? You get over the 40-over mark and then things get better or bad. And I was watching it and I was trying to just make a judgment whether Johnny would be keep keeping on going through the top. Would he be keep he would he keep pulling with three men back on the fence for the shot ball? And credit to him, he did. Um, <laughs> but but you know, thinking backwards, if Johnny just hits one of those shots straight into the hand, 109 for three, you look. Even in innings number two, he couldn't go through through the line over the top because in a test match, the wicket does slow down. You get a bit of up and down bounce. You get something in there for the bowler. That's where that's where I think batsmanship comes to the fore. That's where I think a calculative batsman or a calculative team unit come to the fore. And I think uh, whether it's the same brand of cricket that you will continue to play all along is very debatable. But I think players who are able to make that switch and adjust to conditions and game situations, I keep saying the same thing. Uh, I think there is a point of time uh, in the game where a batsman or a bowler, you play for yourself when you start the innings, when you bowl your first ball. But the moment you're in and when you're riding, you know, when you're riding the riding the horse, you need to be able to make that switch and say, hey, that's the scoreboard. That's the game time. This is what my team needs. And I thought despite all those things that you talk about, the brand of cricket, when when push came to show, I think a lot of, uh, lot of good batting was... Uh, on display both by Joe Root and Johnny Bash. So I think uh, the way uh, Alex Lees and uh, John, uh, Zach Crawley got away at the start really gave them that buffer to be able to still bite their time and then go after it. So uh, sustainability is definitely going to be a question because when when those things happen and when you uh, when you hit one in the air and get caught and the game cracks up, how does the dressing room react? How does the media react? What does Nasser say? What does Michael say? All these things will come into play. Will definitely come into play. Uh, but I think a brand of cricket will be promoted by, uh, you know, uh, a greater a greater set of people, a larger, um, uh, let's say Robert Key is around here, Baz is there, you know, you've got Ben Stokes, the new captain, all of them coming into the fore and saying, okay, hey, you know what, we won games like that, we will lose that, we will lose a few, but we will continue playing this way. So, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to watching it, but I would also love uh, the balance between ball and battery team. I mean, I, I don't know if you saw Ben Stokes' quote afterwards. He said there'll be teams that play better than them, but there'll be no team that will be braver than this England side. What kind of message does that send to everyone? Like it, it's, it's, again, like I say, right, conditions are king when it comes to Test cricket. I don't have to tell you, Michael, how, how conditions will change. You go to Australia... Uh, the same ball that's going through third man will go to slip because it's it's going to be a bit quicker. It's going to be a bit more steeper. That's the same thing in South Africa. You go to India, you're going to get those wickets that will spin. 
that's the same that's the same in sri lanka you will you will get conditions that are different can you adapt and still play the same brand of cricket you might be you might be in a danger where you might get bowled out in the test match done you know and the 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 conditions in england as i'm seeing now is getting better for day, uh, innings number 3 and 4 uh batting is a bit more harder innings 1 and innings 2 innings 3 and 4 it does get a bit slower it does get a bit more flatter if you look at the pitch even that we played at edgebaston it was darkish for the first two and a half three days and then got whiter and whiter and i i did believe that it was going to get better as the game got uh, got on so uh, it's not going to be the case in many of the other country uh, many of the other countries uh, you probably go to a uh, good one ashes and play at perth you're going to get those cracks and it's not going to be day 4 day 5 you can't go through the line when the ball's pitched up it's not it's not going to be the same but uh, there is you know risk versus reward they are taking the risk it is coming off um, but when but when the risk don't come off and it falls on the other side uh, how much how much of it is going to be sustainable is, is a question we'll have to wait and watch but as of now hats out and i think they're playing some brilliant cricket If I say Joe Root, where'd you bowl to him? Look, I think Joe's got Joe's got a lot of a uh, lot of good things going for him. If you're if you're if you're asking from a spinner's perspective, I think he uses his feet really well. Goes front and back uh, in equal measures. He's got a great stride forward, and you know I think he's got the he, he accesses the square of the pitch a lot. Um, I I did make a lot of plans for him every single test, believing that I would be playing. So. Uh, it would have been nice to see if those uh, plans matched up how it came out. Um, have you got? Did you, did you write plans down, or did you just have them in your head? I actually do write them down. Uh, I write them down. Do I, I follow. I follow batters. I watch a lot of footage and see where they're going. And part of the game, you know, I mean, we we speak about cricket, we speak about technique, we speak about tactics. uh but i think whatever said and done uh, it's very similar to living your life and living living one, it's it's one upmanship if you can get one upmanship on your on your counterpart or your you know a uh, person you're coming up against be it joe root steven smith virat kohli anybody uh, it's it's a very very important tool and an edge to have for a bowler so uh, i believe in making these plans and when i make these plans and write them down i know where i need to be working on building up into the game so I've done this uh, for a considerable length of time in my career. I've made a lot of changes. People have raised their eyebrows all through through my career about what I do, how funky I get sometimes, but um I feel I believe that I must succeed or fail on my own terms and always be uh you know, uh, not one of those who's waiting for the result to happen and try and make it to ha- make it happen. Uh it's it, it's it's a double edged sword, but Uh, I would have loved to, you know, uh, bowl at Johnny and uh, Joe and see how how in, how aggressive they might have been, and uh, it would have been a very important learning to take back home uh, with whatever I can. Done. Can you give us a bit more insight into that process of of preparing to face uh, different batsmen? I mean, how how much footage do you watch, um, and um, what do you go through as you prepare to to bowl to them? Look, I think all all batsmen when when it comes to facing spin. Uh, most batsmen that we come across we play a lot of uh, tests against you know england and australia uh, or we played in the last 10 years that i've played for india we play big test series we play four and five test match series um uh, most most batters are very uh, combative and they want with respect to what they want to do when it comes to play facing up to uh, spin or i'm mean, precisely me or uh, jadeja when when they turn up and uh, every every time there is a small subtle change uh, they want to bring an access uh, new areas uh, but largely i think 
what what is stuck out when when I try and make these notes are uh, people don't change from series to series. They change over, uh, you know, over a certain passage of play. It's about they make small changes. Batters make small changes like once in a year or once in two years. Uh, if if that is to be said, Joe has considerably increased his amount of sweeps and reverse sweeps and literally stopped accessing anything down the ground for spin. Um, that's something that that I did notice and. Certain certain pitches will promote and help you play that sort of cricket, but certain won't in certain conditions. The amount of bounce that a pitch might have, if there is a little bit more bounce and a little bit more hold, those kind of shots suddenly go out of the window. So that's just an that's just an example of uh, what I think and how I build up into the process. And if I if I want to be particularly, let's say, I want to access a particular region, I don't want to leave the stumps or something. Could I go around the stumps? There are times where I don't go around the stumps at all for a year. And then I need to, you know, uh, keep keep going around the stumps, practicing it so that I can uh, start going around the stumps for a particular series. Um, I, I bowl, I try and bowl with and without loading. Uh, can I cut the loading time? Can I cut the cut the jump time at the crease uh, for batsmen that are that are generally premeditating shots? You you get a lot of batsmen who premeditate shots at you uh, rather than you know just playing what's coming out of the hand. Uh, if you can if you can actually cut their premeditation uh, using different uh, or different or very subtle tools at the crease uh, for a spinner, uh, you're half the way into the battle. You've got control exercising over the batsman and then you can you can you know, pretty much plan out how you're going to get him out. So uh, these are things that have worked for me uh, over the last four or five years. I've managed to understand it and also be able to um, apply it in, with respect to my bowling. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much how the process works. Uh, and Ash, is that just you that's coming up with these ideas or do you sit with a coach or a, a player or two or is it just is it just your mind that's creating these um you know you're, you're basically asking the question of the batter in different ways you're trying to maybe produce a different action or two you're trying to you know maybe ball the ball a bit sooner than the batter expects which is very very smart thinking but is, is it just you that's coming up with these ideas have you got a if you got a guru guru that we don't know about that sits with you uh no i think i definitely use every every uh aspect or every person that I can within the team. Uh, I spend a, spend a quite quite a bit of time with the analyst, have a reasonable relationship with him. So in case he understands what I need and what, how, I, how I really work it out. So uh, he will be able to bring out something new that's happening around the world. So that's why I uh, have a relationship with them. But uh, largely, I believe uh, this is this is just my belief. An engineer, I mean, I'm an engineer by profession. So somebody, somebody who's an engineer, studies to be an engineer but a cricketer never studies to be one right we we play and we practice and we you know routinely do the same thing again and again um so when i when i started playing international cricket when i got an ipl contract and all that i was very intrigued about uh, the academic aspect of the game so i started and i started a cricket academy in, in chennai as I, was, I started playing as well a lot of people raised eyebrows because it's against the conventional thought you've got you've got the root academy in england all those stuff. I mean, you you guys are a little more little more you know forward thinking in terms of how those things pan out from a post retirement plan as well. But I I used to play a lot of gully cricket, tennis ball cricket, and some of my gully cricketing friends wanted to take up playing cricket ball. Uh, and my initial initial experiments were all with them, you know, trying to get them to play. And it was very funny. Uh, they would get into really awkward positions when they batted, when you threw balls at them. Um, they some of those conventional thoughts of your head falling over, you know, uh, the leg going across, all these things I started realizing were, uh, were all uh, thoughts that are conceived in your head. Those are all resultant actions. 
uh, I believe there are four aspects to playing the game, playing the sport, uh, which is way beyond technical. We speak a lot of technique and tactic and um, in, in a span of two or three or four years time where I started to build uh, and coach our own coaches with terms of how I believe coaching must be, I realized I learned a lot about the game. So uh, the game is mostly either by your, it's mostly played with the subconscious mind. Uh, you train the subconscious mind, uh, but we do exactly the opposite. We try and coach the conscious <laughs> mind, which is which is kind of crazy. Uh, and then there are voluntary and involuntary actions. These are the four aspects of the game, which make it really, really simple. It's just that we, we can't layer into each one of them and identify them and let those things be for the cricketers. So um, the more and more I, I, I went upon this path, I, I want to empower children. Children might not necessarily understand all these four things. So try and empower them over a period of time uh, such that they don't have to necessarily uh, listen to conventional coaching thoughts and, you know, confuse themselves as they build a career. Um, so all these things kind of gave me an edge. And the more and more cricketers I saw, the more and more kids I saw, uh, I could apply something back into my game. And I definitely did believe that made a massive difference. And, and given that this is your approach, how important is data to it? And how has that sort of changed how you approach the the sport? It's, it's a very difficult question to answer. I think it's it's a data-driven world right now, the sport. Um, the IPL's got a heaps of data. And even when you're when you're when you're sitting sitting on uh, you're sitting in the com box and analyzing a game, there is a massive amount of data that gets crunched and given to you. But I believe data is for consumption for of the audience. Uh, in as much as I believe in analytics, uh, I don't necessarily think that it makes a massive difference immediately. Uh, like for example, somebody could be struggling, a left-hander could be struggling when I bowl around the stumps. And over a period of time, the left-hander could have worked it out. And it could it could be against Dilruvan Pereira of Sri Lanka that he struggled. And Dilruvan Pereira might be bowling, you know, from a wider arc than I do from the neck. And, you know, uh, it might not necessarily be the case for me. His release points could be different. His point of release at a height could be very different. So I don't think we have necessary pinpoint precise data to be entirely going after something. Uh, but if there is something notable and if there is something drastic, you can definitely take and apply it in your game. But I believe there is a lot more that can be done with uh, analytics and video technology and stuff like that for the cricketers. Uh, but yes, from an end, end from an end user point of view for a consumer, I think data is fantastic. One of the great spinners of the game, and I, I do believe if, if if the Indian team pick you. Uh, and I think they should pick you in every game, but if they pick you more often, I do think you're going to get to 600, 700 test match wickets as long as the body stays uh, fresh and your mind is uh, is ready to go. Um, spin is a is a talking point that we we have in the UK a lot. You know how how so I'm going to put you in charge of English cricket. I know you probably don't want that job at the minute, but I'm going to put you in charge of English cricket. What advice are you going to give England to prepare? the next generation of spinners. What is the, the best advice that you can give English cricket to to make sure that in, in seven to eight years' time, we've got five or six spinners that you could say any one of them could be playing test match cricket? <clears throat> Look, you guys play, a, I'll start, I'll begin there. You play a lot of ashes and it's a very uh, important aspect of English cricket. It's, it, you take a lot of pride in it, which I absolutely love. And whenever, whenever Ashes doesn't go really well for you guys, you come back to the drawing board, try and make plans for what needs to be done, how you're going to change things and stuff. 
it it happens a lot in india as well uh, michael and uh, uh, 10 15 years ago we 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 were we wanted to play all over the you know all over the world really well we made this uh, we started making pitches in first class cricket which were centering around promoting fast bowling uh, promoting people to come through and yes we we have started producing a lot of fast bowlers now we we we've got a lot of bowlers who can come up and crank it up at 140 um and we also promote a lot of bowlers who can actually come and put the ball there and still be very successful you know at 120s and 118s and 116s which happens a lot in england as well i play county cricket here in the in the bid for all of this even in india i think first class cricket doesn't promote spin bowling at this point of time uh whatever said and done uh promoting spin bowling is about it. allowing the spinner to repeat a lot of those balls in match times with varying conditions you may you may we can we can debate this till the till the cows come home but the fact remains that the spinner needs to be able to fly straight just like anybody else and the repetition required for a spinner in fact is way more greater than any other skill that's being applied in this game at this point of time and i think in england one of the problems is you, you just do not have people to be able to fly the trade in the first innings at all the first innings is a done and dusted for the spinner uh, the second innings could well by, might bring the spinner into the game um, so i i definitely think there is a situation where you need need to have more and more of those spinners going in from at least let's say you've got about 16 17 county teams there are at least 8 or 10 of them allowing spinners to be able to fly a trade you know that's that's the foremost of it and also coaching since coaching around spin bowling is still very ancient uh talking about body you know talking about the body going towards the target you know front arm uh, <laughs> these are sometimes when i hear about hear all these things i i find it very very uh, very very funny because there are there are only two things that you can control in any form of the bowling which is your run up and which is your loading point um people talk a lot about it debate a lot about it but never really empower the spinner to be able to make his own decisions and uh, it's it's still centered around flight revolutions and positions and they talk about finger spin uh, which is which is which is how i i i make a living uh, finger spin and they talk about wrist spin in a very different manner but still people do not understand finger spinners need to use their wrist and uh, they they don't they can't really seem to figure it out so i think the two aspects of the game need to come together where you should be able to give a lot of game time and a lot of bowling time for spinners which is which is of foremost importance and also to be able to you know empower younger kids to be able to take spin bowling with a lot more understanding which definitely makes a difference even even back home in india now we we don't have a greater crop of spinners because we have promoted fast bowling for 10 years so it's a cycle you know it's a it's a cycle of the game we want to address something and we <laughs> we end up losing something else so then the cycle turns around we want to promote that and we end up losing something else so i think there needs to be a careful bal- uh, you know a care carefully struck balance in terms of how we are going to promote it and uh, just 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 I was going to ask you we're all kind of scratching our heads in the UK you know I hear a lot of people you know you've got to make them spin the ball really hard which is fine but how do you do that you know how do you suddenly say to a young kid just spin it really hard what what are the one and two principles in spin bowling from an early age that you have to get right so you to go to that you talk about the playstation levels to get from one to two what are the principles that you need Look I think firstly uh, having played county cricket in England I can I can vouch for this uh, there is this there is this uh, romantic way in which people fall in love with the way the ball comes out of the top they overspin you know uh, for example Nathan Lyon bowls a lot of overspin that's because where he's he's brought up in Australia when you bowl overspin in Australia the ball hastens of the pitch 
it pitches and actually comes it bounces you can't go back and hit it through the offside you know for a right hander you can't just crunch it through which is uh, which is meat which is meat and drink for people playing in england uh, because the the moment you bowl over spin the ball sits in the pitch and it doesn't bounce or hasten anywhere close to what ha- what it happens in australia and that's why when you when you see english batsmen going to go, going to play ashes the moment they go on the back foot it hits the blade you know it hits the sticker and they they're lacking for time to cut the ball or you know punch it through the offside and uh when nathan lyon or anybody bowling offsman comes over to england anywhere but in edgbaston or at manchester the ball wouldn't hasten when you bowl over spin it will sit in the pitch and the the moment that happens you're thinking hey am i am i going wrong am i not hitting the right length as a spinner so the first and foremost thing for a spinner in my view is to be able to understand different air speeds how can you bowl different air speeds in a subtle manner and still get the batsman blocking of the front foot so uh, understanding run up speeds understanding your jump points under, understanding your loading points these these may seem very complicated as i'm saying it but if you can empower people to be able to understand this when they're bowling it's not as complicated because cricket i believe is one of the greatest self taught sport and we still lay on lay emphasis on somebody giving them giving us a magic potion and our cricketing career changing that's not how it works uh, it's having the ability to be able to give a lot of answers to questions lot of options and one of those options might be suitable for someone and that's where we th- i think we need to lay emphasis and spin bowling is no different in fact it's even more complex on those lines and just um Rab, just a bit brilliant on spin. That's um, some absolute gold that you've given us there. Uh, the IPL, Rajasthan Royals, Josh Butler, your your old mate from Mancad in the days of uh, the Mancad. How, how was that relationship this year? I, I haven't seen a better person than Josh, to be honest. <laughs> and, uh, it was it was. In, I mean, uh, by the way, I'd like to, I haven't really congratulated him because of the Test match heap he's got. He's got the white ball captaincy of England, and I, I'm sure he'll do really well. Uh, I think they're contrasting personalities. Firstly, Ben and uh, Josh. <laughs> so, uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, Baz will be able to get the Baz ball going, flying high, uh, flying higher in the white ball game. Um, but yeah, uh, Josh, uh, Josh was amazing. Uh, it's getting to know him a lot more. Um, an absolute team man. And I thought he was in he was in a, in in a, in a purple patch that uh, all the batters want to be. And I've seen many batters stay in that purple patch. And uh, Josh found himself in one of those purple patches. um a very very unique sort of a person uh, i haven't seen somebody who's so calm and yet so aggressive and yet so hard working it's it's kind of kind of lethal and uh, yeah it, it was a great campaign for rr this year and we had a great side uh, most importantly a side of very very good human beings i think you know, did 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 you did you have any middle practice against josh and did you did you actually try mancad him in in practice just for a bit of a gig unfortunately unfortunately not because there was only one batter in the net <laughs> i would have i would have tried <laughs> given him a couple of shots and said, <laughs> well you need to practice for this stay indoors <laughs> we had uh, trent bolt on uh, on an earlier episode and we asked him how he would have bold to Josh Butler if you got the opportunity uh, you may do i mean what what how do you is somebody in that kind of rich vein of form how would you be bowling to him in t20 i think again like i said in the earlier topic right it's it's about t20 cricket is even more about the team it's even more about the situation it's even more about the scoreboard what is relevant sometimes going at 10 and over could be very very important for your team you don't have to necessarily yeah. you know try and be going at 5 or 6 and then you know going 15 20 so 
having that realistic thought when somebody is going and batting well, what the scoreboard is, what the conditions are, do I get hit in the side, do I get hit in the strides, where where am I blocking fielders? Uh, all these things will play a decision. There is no, there's nothing written in stone that this is exactly how you should be going. So you must, uh, with all the data, with all the analytics coming through, those things can be set up for the early half of a batsman's innings. Once that that's done and somebody is going well, yeah. all the other aspects of the game, your adaptive nature of how you play the game will come to the fore. And that's exactly what I'd be doing. It's no different from what I would be doing to someone else. But I do know where he would love it and where he might not, <laughs> which will play a role. And uh, at the end of it, as I said, T20 is, is the greatest team sport that cricket has seen. And you must be looking at the scoreboard. Yeah. Trent, Trent said he'd bounce the snot out of him, so slightly less analytical. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I could do that, but I'm not. I'm not but I can't. Trent Bull also said um, on the pod about in uh, 50 over cricket, he believes you should go back to one ball. The two, the two new balls has made it too hard. The reverse swing's gone out of the game. The art of, you know, Wazim Akram style, Wakar Yunus back in the day, bowling those reverse swinging Yorkers. Um, would you agree with that, Ash? That going back to one white ball would, 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 would make it more of a balance between bat and ball? For starters, I would say we can go to one ball that was used in 2010 or 29. <laughs> because I think the ball is not the same anymore. Because, uh, as I grew up, I watched, watched the one day sport and, I'm sure Glenn McGrath is, is a great and he's an amazing bowler. But the ball is not definitely doing as much as what it used to be doing. You know, for the first 15 overs of the game, uh, you just cannot, you just cannot take things lightly. You can't be hitting the ball through the line and, you know, you can't be tossing the ball away. I think one day cricket, the, the, the greatest, the beauty of one day cricket is, uh, was, sorry, isn't, is, it's was, uh, the fact that there was a, there was a lot of ebbs and flows left in the game, you know. Yeah. Um, somebody needed to just bite their time, take the game deep, and the ball would be reverse swinging. You, it's so hard at one point of time, sixty balls, sixty to get with seven wickets in hand, and you're backing the bowling team to win. And not anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that's going to be a canter now. And I think after a point of time, I think even me as I'm, I'm a cricket absolute cricket badger and a nut. And for me, I, I switch off the switch off the telly after a point of time watching the one day game. And uh, that's that's frankly very very scary for that format of the game. I think because. Uh, those ebbs and flows when they go missing, it's not cricket anymore. It's just an extended format of the T20 sport. So um, I think if, if one ball is something that would work and even the spinners would come into play, you will have a lot more spinners bowling at the back half of the game. And they are bowling right now, but you might see a little bit more slowing slowing of the pitch or slowing of whatever it is. And then the reverse swing might come back into play, which I think is very, very crucial for the game. You need to have those ebbs and so flows. So do you think that's the and format that's, that's in the most danger then? <laughs> If I, if I made it if it if I made it sound like that I don't know but well because there's as been a, a lot a, of debate a, about Test cricket obviously and then T20 coming in and the hundred here in the UK and the 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 crowded uh, season and lots of different formats and the assumption that you know maybe one goes and there's always been um, you know T20 has obviously cemented its place in the season um, I wonder whether ODI is the one that might actually have to give away eventually. It's, it's, it's a question of relevance, right? And I think ODI cricket uh, needs to find its relevance, need, needs to find its spot. And uh, you, you brought in the five fielders rule were brought in first up. And I thought I thought it took away a bit of uh, bit of charm from spin bowling in that format. Uh, you needed to adapt differently. And then they brought in the two new balls, which gave, uh, I don't know who it gives an edge, honestly, yeah. at this point in time. 
but going back to one ball and it will give something back to the bowlers at the back half. You can't keep uh, you can't keep piling on those runs with five, six, seven batters in the team and next, you know. The, the the emphasis on batting deep is so much more greater in T20 and one day format. And suddenly you realize with one ball, one white ball and, you know, something coming back into the game that your bowlers are equally important. And uh, I think at least in one day format of the game, T20 is definitely a batsman's game and it should be that it's, it's the greatest marketable format that we've got. And uh, when it comes to the one day game, I think the bowlers should come back into play for the ebbs and flows of the game to be in place. And that's just, uh, again, I'm going to give you a, a powerful job of world cricket to look after the game. You know, with all these different formats, different leagues, the IPL two months um, of the calendar pretty much locked in now. It might get, get a little bit longer in time. If you're the, the boss of the ICC, what are you going to do to make sure that you're protecting this, this great format that we love, Test Match Cricket? You're going to allow leagues around the world. You've got T20 World Cups. You've got 50 over World Cups. How, how are you going to fit it all in? Hard. Uh, it's not a job I would want to take up. <laughs> Neither would I, to be fair. I like talking about it. <laughs> it's, it's not a job that's going to be easy to do. Uh, but I think, relatively, when you have a T20 World Cup, you're just centering all your bilateral series around T20 cricket, which is something uh, they have done at this point of time. Uh, the WTC is a great start for uh, Test Match cricket. Uh, a little, I, I, I'd love to see a little bit more structure around Test cricket. Uh, the, the ways and means with which Look, I think the more and more teams, I repeat this and I am totally, I totally believe this. The more and more players that play test cricket and have want to, there is a change in it. A lot of cricketers want to, you know, specialize in playing towards T20 cricket, which is amazing. You're going to get a lot of those white ball specialists. But the more and more players, why to be a test cricketer, want to play red ball cricket, you're going to get a greater quality of uh, T20 cricketers in the future because test cricket, this I've had this debate with some of the greats of the game as well, but uh, they say why, why, it's very different. The one day uh, the T20 game is all about power hitting, it's all about bat swing, it's all about hip drives, and Test cricket is all about playing it tight. It's very different. Still, people can hold their own. Uh, but what Test cricket teaches you that T20 want is lifestyle, is uh, adaptability, is dealing with pressure, is understanding the ebbs and flows of the game, is calculation. And all these things make you a far better and a superior cricketer than just being a T20 cricketer. So uh, I'd love to see a little bit more context around Test cricket, get more nations involved, even if it is, even if it's not going to be the greatest of, you know, advertisement to the sport, find ways. I mean, there can be a possibility where Ireland, Scotland, Nepal, you know, some of the other teams could be playing another another league and suddenly they could be qualifying, have quarterfinals in WTC where a team can, where some of these teams can come. They might just get, you know, beaten black and blue in the quarterfinals against a bigger opposition. But that's how that's where the learning starts. Uh, we all we all get better with by by losing more than actually winning. So uh, for me, widening the net, widening the horizon of Test cricket, getting more associate nations in, um, and also creating context around home and away Test series in the same year. Uh, that'll be that'll be something to look forward to, even if it's not a five Test match series, having home and away the same year. Uh, like it could be, for example, if it's an Ashes year, England will play 10 test matches, five home and away. And they could play two against New Zealand home and away. And that's that's about it. That's the season. That could very well be a structure between some of the other teams. So people are looking forward to it. And also more structure in three years span. Almost every team would have played each other home and away. And then we'll be vying for a spot. Great answer. I think you've got the job.
Uh, now, Ash, on our podcast, we've got an eight-year-old girl called Megan who um, has only just started cricket, and, and she's got a question to ask. Hi, Ralphie. I want to bat like Coney, but I keep getting out. Bowled, caught, you name it. So, shall I just stand there and block it? I mean, <laughs> I think Coley gets bowled and knocked over as well. <laughs> so, he doesn't block <laughs> He doesn't continue blocking it. Um, so, I... I I, I personally think for any young, any young, young kid playing the game and, uh, you know, sort of starting off with the game, um, <clears throat> if they're getting out again and again, the only way you get better is again hitting those balls. Uh, we again go bark down the wrong route. Even if it's if preparing a child to being a test cricketer, the first thing that we do in, in, the, in, a, in a coaching center is to be able to allow the child to hit the ball and hit the ball as hard as possible. Uh, Megan asked you about Virat. Come on, give us a bit about Virat. I, I saw him at Edgebaston. He, he, he wasn't the captain, but he seemed to be the captain. <laughs> That's from where I was watching from. Uh, he was very animated. He was very into the crowd. He was very into the England players. Was that Virat trying to prove something or trying to prove um, you know, that he's still got this aggressive streak, even though he's not the Indian test captain anymore? <laughs> Look, I think Virat is who he is, and despite despite all whatever happens, this is exactly how he uh, leads the ring, even when he is at home. And uh, his energy is very infectious. Sometimes, sometimes bowling in India, and recently we had test matches where he, he a couple of test matches I can't remember exactly. He wasn't playing those games, and I I actually missed him on the field. Uh, the kind of energy that he brings to the table, the man standing at short mid wicket, creating those, stopping those singles, you know, looking for those catches. You know, talking to batters—that's that's exactly what makes him, and uh, he loves he loves that. And when he does that, he he definitely bats better as well. Uh, and that's my uh, that's my viewing of him. The more and more he's in the game, the more and more charged up he is. He bats so much more better. Uh, and I and I believe even for the last two and a half or whatever whatever considerable period of time, I saw your posters today comparing Joe Root and Virat, uh, the number of hundreds. Uh, even though he might have not got the hundreds, I still believe he's he's batting beautifully and. Uh, the way yeah. he's batting, it looks like he—he's not—he's not—he—he's probably got a double hundred in the last game, and uh, it sometimes can happen. And as a as a batter and as you know, any cricketer, you might be bowling really well, but the wickets will be taken by somebody else, and that's exactly how it works in this game. I think I think we all want to know. So Vera, we see him on the. It's like um, it's like a Duracell battery. That when he's on the pit, he's like, <laughs> oh, he's, he's explosive. Once he gets in the dressing room, does, does he recharge the battery? Does he kind of sit down and not say anything? I, I seriously can't get it. I and mean, he's, he's about 30, 34 now. And uh, I, I sometimes wonder where he gets all those energy from. Because once it, uh, <laughs> if you're going to spend that sort of energy on the ground, I, I'd be drained. I, I, don't need, I, don't need a, I don't even need to think about sleeping. I just doze off as <laughs> I'm going back. And uh, guys, it's, it's something that you can envy. Envy as a cricketer, as a, as a person watching him. But... At the same time, it it is what makes him, and uh, that energy that he's able to bring is exactly who he is or what he is, and whatever he's done on the field is exactly because of that. And you're right, uh, that energy is infectious. At the same time, that energy is that energy just makes you sit from afar and say, "Wow, is this guy from this planet or is from somewhere else? Where is he from?" <laughs> was tremendous yeah. to to get uh, Ravi Ashwin on on the pod. Um, Absolutely, what a great what yeah. a great talker on the game. Oh. I mean, whatever he decides to do when he finishes, uh, I don't think he's going to be uh, struggling for requests. 
uh, yeah. people wanting to uh, have him working. Sorry, my gardener seems to be blowing things <laughs> towards my window as, as we speak. But there you go; he's gone by now. Let's get on with it. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, the fact that he was, a, you know, he's an engineer. Uh, he almost takes that that kind of strategic yeah. thought processes of being an engineer into his bowl and all the different variations. Yeah, really thoughtful. Yeah, one know, of the great into- cricketing brains, I think. There. Well, lo- lots of yeah, but you can. You- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what happened to you, Phil? <laughs> No, what listen, happened, listen, Mike, Mike, us spinners, you know, we have to think about it because we're actually only bowling at about 50, 55 miles an hour instead of 90 miles an hour. And that's what fascinated me as well. Just the way he thinks about everything, every ball is delivering, everything's, it's a bit like snooker. You know, you know, that's snooker sometimes when you, you know, those players are sort of thinking three or four, five, six shots yeah. ahead. You know what I mean? And, and I think Ronnie O'Sullivan said he's even thinking 10 shots ahead. It's about how you build it and put it all together. The other thing that was interesting to me, Mike, is about the 50 over game. Yeah. Yeah, he said it, uh, there's many times that he switches yeah. it off because yeah. it, it, it's a bit boring. You know, you go back to Trent Bolt, what he said about the... The ball, you know, I do think that we need to go back to one white ball. You know, it is yeah. becoming a game. Yes, you get entertained and you see some shots and you go, wow, whoa, you know, whoa, it's gone in the stand again, fantastic. But, you know, I do think we need to, to make it a balance. The best, the best one-day game that I've seen, I know it was England winning the World Cup, but the Lords final yeah. was a brilliant kind of game of cricket because it ebbed and flowed yeah, and it wasn't man. a high score and there was a bit there for the bowler it just did enough uh, they're the best uh, one day games for you where you have to think about the way that you're playing rather than just yeah. think alright I'm just going to try and launch it into the stand from ball one um, yeah really smart guy is uh, Ravi yeah. Ashwin um, he's not convinced by basketball, Phil. No, well, he's well, not convinced. He thinks it might come unstuck in uh, certain parts of the well, world. Well, we know it will do. We know it will do, won't we? They've, they're almost Brendan McCullum and the guys have said, "Listen, it's not going to happen every time," and, and we know that. It's just whether you can take your foot off the gas, realise that it's not going to happen every time, and then just sort of react instead of just keep ploughing on. Sometimes you've got to play cricket smart in the longer game. And that's, I agree. And, and in the 50-over game, sometimes you, you've got to change heads a bit, haven't you? And I think that's what bores uh, Ashwin a little bit. It just doesn't like the one mode all the time. Games yeah. of cricket are about twos and fro's, ups and downs, aren't they? Ben, um, uh, ben, could, ben could do with a change of head, Phil. <laughs> yeah, no, yes. Get an even bigger one. <laughs> well, if I wear the cap, maybe it'll get hot and it'll start shrinking. <laughs> one of those Swiss balls that you do stretching on. <laughs> Oh, this is brilliant. No, come on. I'm just with the uh, with the interface. I'm just going to have to use the widescreen TV to get my head on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, very interesting. World class performer. I mean, up there with the best there's ever been. Best there's been. Ravi Ashwin, I think, isn't it? No, he's up there. He's up, up there, there in this era of, yeah. of obviously great spinners. But I can, I can understand. You know, you do hear that he he has the odd kind of running with captains and coaches, and he's probably because he's thinking so much all the time. You would imagine he's got opinions, right? <laughs> 
Yeah, and, and that's great. You know, bring bring that into my dressing room all day long. I'd have that. Yeah. Love it. Love, love anyone that's going to try and think about the game, do things slightly differently. And as a spinner, particularly in this era, if you don't do things slightly differently, it's like when he said, you know, your run-up has to change. Yeah. You know, your release points have yeah. to change. You have to get one, at, you know, to the batter earlier or later because yeah. you've got to try and unsettle the trigger of the batter. Um, yeah, brilliant. I, I hope young spinners uh, listening to that interview will take something from it because um, he, he gave me a great insight into yeah. his mind, his game, totally. and trying to be one step ahead of the batters in this era. And the spin bowling has changed as well, Mike. You know, beforehand it used to be, oh, I can put the anky down on a good length. And just I can remember mm. Ray Illingworth saying to me that, can you hit that anky six out of six? And I said, well, yes. <laughs> you know, but then the batter knew exactly where it was going to go and he'd just be coming down the track and hitting you for six all the time. That sort of, the difference in mindset and about constantly, as you say, release points, wider decrease, closer to decrease, different paces, different deliveries. You know, it, it, spin bowling has evolved a, a great deal now as well. You know, scrambled seams. We were, I was always given that half red, half white ball, you know, as a kid. Oh, yes. And you've got to get it going down, you know, so the red's facing you or the white's facing you every ball. Now it's different positions in the hand, scrambled mm. seams, almost like wobble seams, like the seam bowlers do as well. There's so mm. many different little different little nuances in spin bowling now. I found it fascinating. Right, before I let you guys go, we need to talk about this incredible story out of India. Uh, did you see this? The fake version of the IPL. How can that? It's good, I like it. No, I like it. I like it. I like it. So they had the IPL uh, kits on, didn't they? Yeah, they had the kits and, on. And, and they did. Is it they've conned the Russians into to gambling on it? <laughs> yeah. So they got these. The Russian. They were filming it. They were using the same wow. sort of graphics. They even had a commentator who could do a good uh, impersonation of Bogle. Harsha Bogle. Harsha. Yeah. So yeah. they so they had him commentating on it, um, yeah. and then um, they live streamed it on YouTube and got these um, gamblers in in Russia to bet on it. I don't know how much money they. they See, they I, I want to know. I, I, so these Russians that are gambling on cricket. I mean, how do they know about cricket? No, well, I mean, obviously, not, they I, don't. I, if you look at the footage, I suspect they don't. No. My, <laughs> what are they thinking? Oh, could, YouTube will have a gamble on that. We could. I think, we could. I think people will bet on anything, won't they? We could. We could have done it in our back garden. We could have just done it in our back garden with an old top. We, 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 we should ask our uh, our listeners to come up with something that we could do. Yes. <laughs> come on. Yeah. Let's do something mischievous. I, I'm in for a bit of mischievousness. Wow. Well, try oh, no, try and con some Russian Russian gamblers. Yeah. Well, it might be it might be a dangerous game. Yeah, yeah well, I, I'm, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm not taking. Uh, I'm not taking the Russians' money. No, 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 no. We won't do that. No. We won't do that. And there was no, a big fight as well, wasn't there? There was a huge fight somewhere. Oh, a league game, yeah, in Stoke. Wow. So that was awful. I saw that on Twitter. I hope that's investigated properly because I think the problem now is in league. It's hard to get umpires, so I think yeah, players yeah. from teams are having to umpire. And I, I've seen it at my local club. It does cause friction. Yeah. Yeah. Both, if you give one of your own players out, it causes friction. Yeah. If you give it not out, it causes friction. Yeah. We really do need to try and understand that, uh, where are all the umpires? Is yeah. it is, is umpiring at grassroots level? Is it a dying art? hundred percent. It, it definitely is. I mean, I'm, yeah. you know, it, as you know, we, I sort can, of play on the weekend. Can, can we, as a podcast, bring the art of Saturday <laughs> afternoon umpiring yeah. back? 
Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's cool. You know, has it ever been cool? No, I'm not really. sure it's ever been cool. But it's all it, you don't. I mean, nowadays you 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 wouldn't even get a tea, would you? You don't get tea. No, no. You get abused. Yeah, yeah, a lot and of abuse. Get what? What do you get? Thirty quid. I don't. I Probably don't know what the not what even the that. Is. Well, I think we. Should, I think we should campaign to get the the, the art of umpiring back. Yeah, and, and and even if it's just one umpire, because that one umpire can just stand at the decision making yeah. and yeah. And, yes. and, a, and a teammate. Teammate does the square leg, yeah, yeah, and he's just obviously run outs, and and, and that's got to be a little bit precarious at times. But at least you have one neutral person who's umpiring the game, deciding on LBWs, court behinds, no yeah. balls, etc. When I yeah. played, I mean, club, it's it's a lot of people, right? There are a lot of games on a on a every weekend. Well, yeah. I mean, it was a disc- that that clip. There was people with bats yeah. whacking yeah. I mean, people. I'm looked, sorry, that that's a disgrace. Yeah, it looked pretty bad. Awful. Yeah. Who wants to be an umpire, though, and go and stand in the field on a Saturday and a Sunday all day? Right. Should we have a route around in the mailbag? Yes. Uh, So we've got one from Michael Bond, who I presume is not the creator of Paddington Bear. A different Michael Bond. Uh, <laughs> you look like Pintons and Bear with that hat on. Actually, there. we don't. <laughs> um, so, hi, guys. Uh, hi. He wanted to put for, forward Sarasbury Athletic in Hampshire, saying it's a great family club. They've gone to a new level this year, doing comedy nights, theme nights. Um, and the latest big thing the club signed up for is Runs for Research. Have you guys heard of this? So it's a charity that raises money for Alzheimer's research. Oh, uh, all based on how players perform. Great. So they've got 32 players. They're all signed up. And they pledge 5p a run, 50p a wicket. Uh, this wouldn't cost me a lot if I was signed up to it. So, <laughs> uh, and at the end of the season, each player donates the money according to how well they've done. Uh, and it's a great way of raising causes. And then we've got another email uh, from someone else putting forward their club, uh, Ellis Hewins. Uh, he plays for Barwell Cricket Club in Leicestershire. Uh, and he thinks that his club, I mean, a lot of clubs make this this claim, but he thinks that they, they play the longest running, continuously played club game in history. And that's between Barwell mm. uh, C- Cricket Club and Coventry and North Warwickshire Cricket Club. Mm. And the first was held in 1807. Right. Uh, and it's been held every year since, meaning this year's game is the 215th edition, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Mm. I love that. I love so that. I love the one about into the, the hopper. I love the one. I love the one about the charity stuff because when I played, all the fines for being late and you know dropping yeah. catches and everything always just went into the sort of the pool for the end of season sort of beer, didn't it? Really. So why don't you just do mm. that and give it the charity so it's actually going to a worthy cause instead of just throwing it down your neck? You can always get yourself a few beers for the end of season bash. I think that's a fantastic idea. Mm. Good idea. By the way, we we, we really should start um, thinking about a date. Oh, yes. when we're going to tape, Mike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a bit presumptuous. To be fair, I've got a bit of time on my hands at the minute. <laughs> um, I, I think we really need to start thinking of a date in October where we will be going to one of these cricket clubs. Yes. yes. So we can actually start saying to clubs, okay, you can email him, we'll choose one, but this is the date that we're going to. So 
So we actually know that we're going to be available, if you know what I mean. Yes. Do we have we to play? We're trying to make it early in October. No, we're not playing, Phil. We're, we're just going to go to the cricket club and we'll record the podcast yeah. as, a, as a podcast at yes. that cricket club and we'll have a bit of fun with the crowd. Yeah, and I like that. And if I if I have a bowl for an over or something like that, we can put some money on how many runs you can hit off me. And if you have, you a can bat, have a bowl. Well, I might have a bowl just for an over, just for an over, and, and really? we can do some runs for charity there. Or if you bat for an over, if someone gets you out, Mike, well, you know there can be five hundred quid on your middle stump. How about that? Or well, something? that's uh, that's uh, <laughs> there's always a chance that they may that might happen. You know, ten percent. You know what I mean, Phil? You can that do a WG Grace and drape your watch over the middle <laughs> stump. <Yeah. laughs> What a good idea. As usual, please do get in touch with us on Twitter or by email. We love getting your messages. The address is cricketclub at telegraph.co.uk. We'd particularly like to hear about your brilliant cricket-related nicknames, nominations for truly calamitous performances on the pitch that are worthy of inclusion on the Colin Grandhomme Dishonours board, and suggestions for which club should be the venue for a live podcast at the end of the season. The umpires have got their light meters out. I think that's all we've got time for today. A big thank you to Mike and Phil. An even bigger thank you to Ravi Ashwin for joining us. Mike, Phil and I will be back next week. We'll be reflecting on the ODI series with India, which will have wrapped up by then, uh, and discussing the series with South Africa, which gets underway next Tuesday. Until then, you can catch up on past episodes in which we chat to, among others, Rob Key, David Gower, Marcus Juskothic, Jeremy Coney and Trent Bolt. They are all available on the Vaughny and Tuffers Cricket Club channel, wherever it is you download your podcasts. Thank you for listening to this episode, and please do subscribe to ensure you don't miss any future delights. Until next week, goodbye.